Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. From the newsroom to the nursery, we're juggling a demanding career on live television with the demands of motherhood. I'm Katie. I'm Karen. And I'm Ingrid. They are anchor moms. Welcome to another episode of Anchor Moms, the podcast. I'm Ingrid. Katie and Karen are here as well. And uh, just before we get started, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. We always say that at the end of the podcast, but let's just go ahead and tell folks right now, if you have never left a review, it'd be awesome if you could do so. We also have an Instagram and Facebook page, but let's get started because we have an awesome podcast. Um, and it starts off with a, a travel story, which is something that I feel like we used to talk about Katie, a lot. What is this? A travel yeah. story? Hey guys, is this 2019? Oh, exactly. Your home, but your state. I mean, you like really left. Okay. Well, now that you've really made it dramatic. <laughs> yeah. I didn't leave. I didn't leave the country, guys. Um, oh. So I did. I just got back um, a couple of days ago. I I went to California to visit my sister. It was like a momentous journey because you know what's funny is the last time I was on a plane and traveled anywhere was to California back at the end of February um, to see her. So it was oh like really? Full, it was like very full circle, and we sort of laughed about how. So I flew back from San Diego on March first, and then of course what, like two or three weeks later, like the world shut down. Um, and I remember on that trip when she picked me up at the airport, it was like River and I, um, we had a full discussion about coronavirus and just like, oh, there's a couple of cases here and there. Like, what will it be? Who knows? Well, <laughs> now we now we know. Oh my gosh. Um, so, I mean, I feel like I need to say this. I did not take this decision lightly to go and visit her, but you guys know she's pregnant and I hadn't seen her and she only really has me. And we did a virtual baby shower and I went back and forth. I didn't book the flight until probably about two or three weeks before I went just because I was so on the fence about it. But um, ultimately we decided um, between the two of us and her family and my family that it, like the risk was worth the reward. And I hope I still feel that way in two weeks, but right now I'm feeling pretty good about it. But so I went um, I flew through uh, Greenville, South Carolina to Atlanta and then Atlanta to San Diego. And I will tell you, I had like a little bit of a panic attack on the way to the Greenville airport just because I was like, what? Like, when is the last time you guys even stood in a crowd? Just the idea of standing yeah. Yeah. like with a bunch of people was very intimidating. This is the world we live in. Um, but so the Greenville airport was like, which is a very small airport in South Carolina. There was like not a soul there, like maybe two dozen people. So I felt pretty good about that. Wow. Atlanta was a bit of a different story, um, much busier, but you know, everybody wore masks. I flew Delta, which is an airline as of right now, as we're recording this, I don't know if this will change, um, blocked off their middle seats. Not all airlines are doing that, um, but I booked it specifically, wore my mask the whole time and um yeah, it was uh, fewer people, I would say, in the airport, but still pretty busy. Lots of people wearing their mask improperly. I will tell you that. Like, when <laughs> I, like, paid hardcore attention when I was in the airport, lots of people, like, 
pulling their mask down to talk on the phone, not wearing it over their nose. It's like, you don't want to be the mask police, but I like, I, it was like, it was, I had to like hold myself back from saying things to people. Um, so but how yeah. did you drink your wine on the plane if you had to wear a mask? Um, this is no, so, so let me just tell you, they do not serve any beverages on the plane. Oh. I don't know how it is on different airlines, but they, like, hand you a baggie with, like, a water and some Cheetos. <laughs> oh, really? So that's it. Yep. Yep. Um, much different than what, you know, of course, like, if I were normally, if this were non-COVID times and I was flying without my toddler and my husband, I would, like, definitely be having a glass of wine or two uh, flying cross country. So I said to Ingrid, the hardest part, and this makes me really respect healthcare workers, um, is that I had to wear a mask from, I would say, 1130 in the morning until eight o'clock at night, because that's how long it took to fly to Mm -hmm. San Diego from North Carolina. And guys, it's hard. It's uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. So I I have a question. Yeah. Um, Question me. so with, cause I know they've talked about on the airlines, like increased ventilation and yeah. you know, you already, I feel like always feel kind of like stuffy and like, Bleh. did you feel okay on the plane or how, what was that like? Was it like, Bleh, or did you feel like you were getting, um, I don't know. I, I don't like, I don't know. Cause I don't, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not like a scientist. Like I'm not sure what the air ventilation situation was. I know that the, the people on the airline, like the um, stewardesses, they hand you Purell as you walk on and they ah. hand you like a hand sanitizer thing. So as soon as I sat down, I opened that up. I like wiped down my tray table. I wiped down my seat. I wiped my hands. Um, okay. I don't know. I will say this. I almost felt safer. And I've heard other people say this who have traveled. I almost felt safer in the plane that I did in like in the, the airport. actual airport. Um, and I don't even know why that is, but I just did. I felt like it was um, like controlled chaos in the plane. And in the mm-hmm. airport, it's just like a free fall, free fall. You know what I mean? Like people mm-hmm. are just yeah, like yeah. everywhere. And like some people are better at social distancing than others. Right. Um, so, yeah. I mean, ultimately right now, if you're asking me, I'm really happy that I went. It was so good to see my sister. Um, and it's just like a time in her life that I'll never get. I mean, um, yeah. you know, like you want to see your sister pregnant. So you want to yeah. like experience that with her. So I'm really happy that I went. Um, but I definitely would say, I mean, it was like not without concerns. Like Jen and I were on the phone as I was driving to the airport. Like this is the right decision, right? Like we made this decision and this is the right decision, right? You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So I have one more question. Did they enforce the masks on the plane? Like if somebody took a mask off, did the stewardess come around and say like, no, put your mask on. So I didn't see anybody. Uh, taking it not off, taking it off, except to, to like eat, like if you're going to drink water, but even then it was very quick, but I have Good. heard okay. other people have told me, um, that they've been on planes in which, uh, the stewardesses have enforced it. So yeah. like have okay. said, I need you to like, and they did say like, you know, they make an announcement and they'll say like, if we see you without your mask on, we'll remind you to put it back on. Oh, okay. Okay. So, well, yeah. Um, Ingrid, if we, oh, ever, good. if we ever can travel now, we've got like some insight into what it's going to be like, right? I've been so, no, I honestly have been so curious, like what, yeah, what is it like to be in an airport right now? And mm-hmm. I mean, most people, okay, are working from home and working virtually, but not everyone. And some people still mm-hmm. travel to work, like for work all the time. Absolutely. So they're on planes constantly. Mm-hmm. So, and yeah, I'm really happy happens. for you. Yeah, a lot of kids. I was surprised at the amount of people that had kids um, traveling. Oh. But again, like some, you just, 
I have learned, you know, at first I was really hesitant to talk about this. I mean, we've all been hesitant to talk about any travel that we've done in the past couple of months because people pass judgment. But I think at this point in the pandemic, people are weighing the risks and decide you can't judge people because you just have to accept the fact that people are doing what is right for them. Um, so, you know, even those people who were traveling with their kids, I, I, I think it makes, I mean, I think it's, I think it's hard to travel with kids period. And I think during a pandemic, it's even harder because I think you have to be that much more cautious about like, yeah. what are they touching? Wow. Where are they going? Like what's happening? So, Oof. yeah. Um, you know what though, Katie, like that, that is something that a time with your sister that you're never going to have again, you know, like, I'm just really glad that you went and it was such a good experience and that you have that memory now because you can't stop life altogether, you know? And now, now you've seen her and it's not going to be, I don't know. I just would have been really sad if you couldn't have seen her the whole time. No, I mean, I felt the same way. So I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad that I went. Um, and I'll keep you guys, if there's any repercussions, of course (laughs) I will let you know, but but as of right now, I'm feeling pretty good. And uh, I don't think anybody was sick in her household either. So good. Good. We'll see. Well, let's, um, let's move on to the news of the day. From the news desk. So the first article is a little bit lighter, which we all need something to laugh about these days, right? So this is called A Brief History of Questionable Parenting Advice from the New York Times. I love it. And the author, yeah, this is really funny, guys. The author said she just, uh, you know, needed a distraction from COVID life, all of it, and started digging through the archives to see what kind of parenting advice had popped up in the New York Times over the last century or so. And so she said there were some crazy ones. There were some that she was surprised were like the same things we're dealing with right now. Um, but the the crazy funny ones are, are what I want to talk about. One of them in 1902, uh, they said a doctor said, "Don't feed your babies bananas. Mm-hmm. Bananas are no good for children. They like mess up your baby. Don't feed them bananas," which is hilarious because my children eat bananas every day. Um, and then in 1919, this is the best. A doctor said, "Quote: Red wine is as toxic is toxic. Wait, sorry, it's a tonic." A tonic. Yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> I maybe had had a glass of red wine when I was taking these notes. Uh, red wine was toxic, uh, was a tonic for weak children with amazing results, basically telling them to give your children red wine. And liquor later on in the article, they mentioned liquor. Yes, you guys. Listen. And I love how they're like, and it just seems to work magically. Well, of course it does. Because the child passes right out. (laughs) You don't have to worry about getting them to sleep that night. I don't know. And they're tired the next day. Yeah, so it's just really funny. Um, But there's also some things like in the 40s and 50s, or 30s and 40s rather, there was like an advice column that came out in the New York Times for parents. And some of the stuff that they talk about, don't play with knives, fireworks, or guns. Mm. Yep. Shocker. Shocker. I, I think we all know not to give our children knives, fireworks, or guns. Um, but then some other things that, you know, we're still dealing with. Should 13-year-olds wear lipstick? Uh, how much should kids learn in preschool? So it's funny to see, like, kind of what was on parents' mind and what parents were worrying about and the advice they were getting, you know, 100 years ago. Didn't stick. No. Well, no. I mean, doesn't no. that make you, and I'm always kind of like, oh my gosh, what are, wait, what's going to be like 50 years from now? What is it that we're doing that people are going to be gonna like, be terrible. I mean, I'll just, will say this, like even my mother-in-law is always like, you know, when I had my kids, it was always like, put the babies down, like infants down on their stomach to go to mm-hmm. sleep. And now, I mean, it's 
I mean, back is best, right? I mean, I feel like I had a, mm-hmm. had swaddles that actually like had that inscribed Set it. in yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's just funny to see how things sort of, you know, go back and forth. Well, I mean, um, even like with, you know, those rock and plays, like yep. my first kid, mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's not even, he's four and a half and they were fine four years ago. He slept in that rock and play for a really long time. And now they've like recalled them because yeah. children have turned oh, over really? and suffocated and oh, died. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Really? Yeah. Not, are you using rock and play right now as we speak? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. You know me, I'm um, going to another room right away. Well, River, you, well, I mean, they're not supposed to be sleepers. They're really just kind of like a makeshift swing. But I mean, River is um, not even two and a half. And no joke, we used the rock and play. Uh, that was two, like two and a half years ago. See, so, we learned so I much mean, in just a few years. Like, just think about how much, yeah, how much. I mean, really what this means is like, it, to me, the takeaway from this article is like, hey, you should just do what you think is best. Right. Um, right. With a little input from like the doctors and scientists, but still just pretty much do what you think is best because all of this advice and research maybe means nothing in the end right yeah but also if you're a grandmother happening to be listening to this podcast yeah like, just because you did something with your children 30 40 years ago like, it does not like mean that it's right. gonna work right now or that it's safe talk to us about that Ingrid it seems, it feels like you have a lot to say about that subject I actually I wish I had like a really like scathing story but I don't my mom does like to put diaper cream on like everything. Like get the diaper cream, get the diaper cream. Oh, she fell. Get the diaper cream. <laughs> does it, but does it work? I mean, that I mean, sounds like I would listen to your mom. I'm not yeah, kidding. Well, your mom I has would. Your kids. Like, yeah. I don't know. You guys all turned out great. Well, I don't know. We turned out okay. Yeah. I still um, use the, the same other- diaper cream. Yeah. The other thing I thought was funny was they talked about like the breastfeeding versus bottle in 1952. Which is, I didn't know it, the, the saga over that went back that long. Um, but he says, or they say in the article that, you know, it's really just you go to look at these certain time frames in history. And it was just like what people were feeling and thinking at that time. And then it just swung back and forth every 10 years yeah. or so. Yeah. And it's just hilarious to me that it's like, just depends on when you happen to have your kids, what they happen to be saying at that time. And then, like Katie said, it's just like. Who knows really what the right answer is here, but like, yeah. you know, it's just hilarious that it changed so much over the last, you know, however well, many decades. It's just like what we say here all the time on the podcast is like, what works for one kid may not work for another kid. And what works for one family <laughs> may not work for another family. So, you know, here's, I feel like this is like proof in the pudding right here, these articles. Yeah. And there's also proof right here that if you wanted to give your kid red wine, like some, some doctors say it's okay. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. You there you go. Pick and choose your Think own. about it. Think anyway. about it. I mean, you know, whatever works, whatever works for you, mom, whatever works for you. Right. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's get into our behind the scenes this week. Um, we wanted to talk about something that I think a lot of people, you know, obviously the election was just, uh, what, a couple of weeks ago, uh, still fresh on our minds, especially with, with, with what's going on. Um, and I think a lot of people who aren't in news, um, maybe don't quite, I don't know, understand or think about exactly what goes into a big election night coverage for a news team. Um, so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Um, you know, we had, you guys know, no one is in our building right now, really, except essential people like Katie and Ingrid right now. There's, you guys are in the building cause you just got off the morning show, but how many people are there right now? Not very many, right? Just a couple of, of I would say like, to be there. I mean, in the newsroom right now, there's probably two people. Okay. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is Maybe. very unusual. 
Yeah. Um, so on election night, of course, we had to bring in, a, they had to bring in a lot of people, right, to cover this huge um, event, this huge thing happening. And so it was interesting. So I went in the building that night um, to help out. And it was interesting because everyone there was like, oh my gosh, there haven't been this many people in the newsroom in nine months, right? So it was crazy, but it was also so different. You know, we've all, three of us covered elections in the past as, as journalists. And it was different. It felt like there was a very different vibe. Um, I think one, because of COVID, I th of course, you know, even in the newsroom, I, I haven't been in the newsroom during this pandemic, but everybody's very worried about the mask. I was worried about it just because I hadn't been there, you know? Um, so that was a different vibe. And you, you almost kind of, at, at some point you kind of get into the swing of it and everybody's working and it's election night. There's lots of things happening and, and things coming in and you kind of forget almost. And then I would see a reporter out in the field doing an interview with a candidate or something. And they're so far away, right? Because they have to stay six feet yeah. away. And it's kind of like that, that reminder of like, oh yeah, like even the people in the field are interviewing and doing their job covering this, this election that's, you know, a historic election um, under the, the precautions of COVID, right? It was just a very different election night for me. Um, and I know you guys came in the next morning and had to kind of hit the ground running and, and, and kind of take over all of that news. And, and that next morning, of course, we still didn't know who the president was. Yeah, that was a change, right? Um, yeah. Maybe maybe COVID-related, um, only because I think a lot of people took advantage of early voting and mail-in ballots because of, the, uh, because of the pandemic. And then, of course, so that led to a lot of votes not being tallied until after election night. Um, so, yeah, it's funny. We had, Ingrid was making fun of me because we had a, a, an election. I mean, this was complicated stuff, right? For, like, the layperson yeah. to understand, like, the electoral votes and, like, the counting. And, mm -hmm. you know, I'm bad at math anyway. So we had a, um, a an expert come in from one of the local universities. And I was like, I mean, thank goodness we had him because otherwise I was like, I didn't even know the, I was like, am I like asking the right questions? I was like, is this in the teleprompter? Like it was just, you know, it was not cut and dry, like elections mm -hmm. that we are used to, right? Normally you come in, you work a morning you show read the and by, <laughs> by 4.30 in the morning, you're like, here's your next president guys. Here's like who won the Senate. Here's like your house of representatives. Not that way in 2020. Um, so in terms of that, really interesting. And even like the, in the days preceding, right? It wasn't like election day was on Tuesday and Wednesday was confusing, but we had things ironed out by, by third. Like we were still doing the same thing Thursday morning and Friday morning. So, yeah. And I, and obviously I'm the morning meteorologist, so I've, you know, I'm not covering the election, but again, like what Karen was saying, um, the energy is just different. Like election mm -hmm. day, night, the next morning is like the busiest day of the year of the next four years. Like people are talking about this for months and months and months prior. Um, and you can feel it even here in the weather department, you know, like it's kind of exciting. You know, we get, we kind of get a thrill. I feel like as journalists on election night, um, you know, whether you're a candidate wins or not, obviously it doesn't matter when you're a journalist because you're just kind of riding that high. Wouldn't you guys agree? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, I was, you know, thinking about it, I hadn't been in the building in so long and I was excited and glad that I got to go in and be a part of it. I think I would have felt like I was missing out if I was just at yeah. home, mm -hmm. uh, watching it from my sofa because yeah, every, every year, every, or every four years, you know, however, um, even for the smaller elections, every time you go in and cover those, you do feel this, um, responsibility. Um, it's exciting, but it's also a responsibility as journalists for us to get this information out. It's something that everybody wants to know. Um, 
yeah. And I do think there was a different vibe this year. Um, you know, and I think since then we've seen a lot of, a lot of stuff on social media about kind of journalists coming under attack for how, how some people have handled this. And, and I hate that because I feel like people might not realize how much we, uh, um, take on this role. We do it willingly, but we also do it with a lot of care and concern. You know, we're very careful with how we say things, with um, how we report things, right? Like we're wanting to make sure that we are doing this in the best way possible as as respectable journalists. And so it's hard to see some of that stuff, um, especially I think this election was just a lot different. Um, yeah, it's not easy to be a journalist time. right now. It's really no, just not easy. it's not. It's not. A lot of people are coming under attack and, and it, you hate to see that because we do take it very seriously and- yeah, it's it's a crazy it's a crazy thing, but we'll see um we'll see what transpires in the weeks ahead, huh? Because it's still not really over. <laughs> exactly, kind of like the yeah. pandemic. And yeah, the podcast. it keeps going. This podcast it keeps going. It's not keeps over going. Yet. It is. You know, hopefully you're crafting your review right now. You're thinking about all these wonderful things we're saying to post on um, Apple. Anchor Moms is brought to you by Wilderness at the Smokies, the Smokies' largest water park resort. Get out of the house and into the wilderness. So let's head to our next <laughs> article. This one is from moms.com. Um, and this is a little techie here, but I think it's it's worth listening to because you're really going to benefit from it. So Boomerang, not the Boomerang you're thinking, that app, you know, that you can do a little dance for 10 seconds or whatever. This is a different Boomerang app. But this woman, she's a mom, and she is one of the app developers, and she says that this app will make your life easier because it will help with expediting your emails. Um, Working moms have been spread so thin that this little app made by a mom might ease your workload. So I did go to my app store, and I found this app. Now, it is literally called Boomerang, but it's the email version of Boomerang, not the one that you have probably already on your phone. So this app is to ease your workload. It eliminates, for example, things like scheduling meetings. You know, when you try to schedule like us, like, when do you want to record the podcast? I don't know, eight o'clock reply to this email. I don't know, maybe 745 and you're going back and forth, back and forth. Well, there's a way. And she says the average amount of back and forths for that is eight emails. I believe it. Think about it. Guys, we text back and forth and email back and forth. And sometimes we text up to like, say, like, check your email. Like, I know it's, like, it's, I mean, it's a lot. I, like, yeah. So it, maybe it this is, is the app for us. It supposedly eliminates this back and forth issue. Um, you can schedule meetings with a magic live calendar. Um, and they go on in this article to talk to this app developer, this mom. And, you know, she is a, an app developer, founder. She works from home. I mean, she's, you know, a full-time working mom. And she, what she does is a tip she gives the listeners, the viewers, the readers, whatever they are, turn off your email notifications <laughs> when you're with your kids. Do you guys get email notifications no, sent to your I phone? No, I don't get email notifications anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So mm-hmm. we're good. A lot of yeah. people do. Um, so and yeah. this daily, like, you know, you're going to pick up your kids from school at five o'clock. So just stop them from coming in from five to six Smart. or, you know, like yeah. make sure you give yourself that quality time with your kids, which we talk a lot, a lot about. Um, but this app looks like, Hey, it could work. I mean, I, okay. I, I can't look at my phone right now because I'm Skyping with you guys, 
But if you looked at my emails, you might have a heart attack because I have like thousands of unread emails. I'm like that person that never, <gasps> me ever, too. No, me too. I never mm-hmm. check my email. I don't, delete, I, never delete I don't them. delete emails. Yeah. I never delete I don't emails. Delete emails either. My but husband like this. freaks out when he sees my phone. Yes. Same. Do you know, I have like 300 like text messages. How bad is that? That's like what I am. That's oh, like, yeah. No, yeah. that's no, that's yeah. too far. Katie. No, I just can't like, I can't keep up with it all. But I will say this Ingrid, like you make me laugh because sometimes I'll be like, um, did you see that email? And you're like, no, no. And I'm no. like, yeah, the email, unless it's specifically addressed to me, I don't really like get emails. <laughs> like I don't do email. <laughs> oh, okay. I miss, I miss a few things, but really if someone wants to get your attention, they just <laughs> will call you or text you. <laughs> Well, there you have it. There yeah. you have it. Yeah. I mean, Fair our boss, check out the app. I, I love it. I cannot tell you how much time do you waste trying to find an email, oh, right? Like, yeah. I feel like Carrie, you have an issue with finding crazy. emails lately. I do. I don't know what is wrong, but I and I like look through. I feel like every morning I try to go through until the last time I saw it the night before, and I still feel like I miss so many emails. I don't know how much. Too much. I'm gonna blame Outlook. I don't know. I mean, no. we'll I'm download this app. I think it might be you. I wouldn't worry. Yeah, I think it's you. <laughs> I'd say it's you. I'm just going to be honest. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank okay. You, Katie. Well, Katie, You're this welcome. is you. What's this You're last one? Yeah. Okay. So this is a good one. And I, this really like hits home for me right now in like the stage of life in which I'm in. It's from the Washington Post. It's my two-year-old hits me. How can I respond better? Um, and this is a woman who says her son is three years old. Um, and sometimes when he's mad or frustrated, he will hit her. Um, she's tried timeout. She's tried walking away. She's tried talking to him and scolding him, but he returns to the hitting when he doesn't. Um, and she's basically asking, um, this, this expert, uh, at the Washington post, who's written a couple of uh, books. Um, like, what do you advise that I do? Um, and so the expert basically breaks it down. Um, and she says that hitting is basically like a form of frustration for two-year-olds. Um, and she says, um, When a young child hits, that means there has been an explosion of frustration energy. Um, The child cannot handle his big emotions because he is immature. The energy comes out of his body physically. So basically, she says, um, you know, scolding, time out, it just adds to the frustration of your toddler. And you can't really, you guys know because you have toddlers, you can't really reason out logic with a toddler. And when you do, it just becomes confusing and it's just another source of frustration. Um, So instead of like timeouts um, or scolding, um, she, uh, this author says that it's really better to figure out like what's actually causing that behavior. So in other words, like prevention versus reaction. So she gives an example, like if you know your kid is hungry and that's, he can't really express that he's hungry and it just comes out as like this frustration and then violence, like try to head that off, which I think I'm going to be totally honest. I think is sort of like simplifying the whole issue just a little bit. Um, this article was good for me because River is in this phase where sometimes she thinks it's funny. Like she'll do it. Um, like even when she's not necessarily frustrated, but she'll just like reach out and like, it doesn't hurt yet, but like, she'll like, you know, like hit me in the face or hit me in the shoulder. And then she likes it because she sees it gets a reaction from me. Like it makes me pay attention to her. I say river, like, don't do that. And I'm like at this point where I'm just worried that it's going to, if she gets older, it's going to, um, hurt people. She's going to do it to somebody else. It's just bad behavior. And, and like, what do you do about it? Scolding hasn't seemed to, to help either. Um, 
so the author basically says too, that you can walk away, which is sometimes what I do um, with River. But it's interesting. She, she also talks about just sort of like um, getting down on, you know, like their level and, and like talking to them a little bit about it before it escalates. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I'm going to try some of these tips. Um, but I thought it was, I also thought it was interesting because she starts out saying like, I would be basically rich. I'd be able to take like a vacation if I had like a nickel for every parent who says that their toddler is like going through this hitting phase. I mean, I think really what it should be one line in this article that says almost all kids will grow out of it in a year. Mm -hmm. Like just hold on. Yeah. Like my, we had, you know, my son is now four and a half. Um, we don't have those issues really anymore, but when he was, I would say two and a half, three and a half, I feel like that's kind of the window. At least it has been for us of that, that physical reaction with kids. I mean, we tried absolutely thing, the ignoring, even if he did it to another kid, we would like try to ignore it at first. Even if he's like, you know how hard that is if somebody's hitting, you know, their friend. Um, it it was a really big issue for a little while and we tried everything. And then eventually one day it just stopped. And I know that's not much help to parents. And I, this is just my one example, but I just, the kids just have to learn how to express their feelings. And yes, you can help them try to get to that point, but they also just have to kind of grow up. Like how timeout doesn't work for a one-year-old because they just can't comprehend that yet. Right. It just takes some time for these children to get to the point right. where they realize that's not how I should express myself. And I know that's like a defeating answer, but for me, I'm just like, now that I have another two-year-old yeah. and it's starting again, like I've been down this road, I'm like, okay, like here it goes. This next year, it's going to be yeah. rough. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Do you know what River does, which I think is like such a funny, like adult thing to do is like, she'll hit, but really she does. She hits like more, like I said, is like a, like, she thinks it's funny and then waits for my reaction. But when she really gets mad, she takes puppy and like throws puppy across the room and takes <laughs> her books and like slams the books into the ground, which like to yeah. me is such a, like, that's like almost something like an adult would do is like throw something across the room. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I have to like struggle, like not to laugh. Cause I'm like, you're, that's like, you're so ridiculous. Like you're like, you know, two feet tall and you're like throwing books across the room and like your frustration. <laughs> but yeah. Well, I, um, I am hopeful that, that my children will also grow out of this, but I have to say, Henry still kind of does this sometimes. Really? We, we mm-hmm. still have some issues with this and it cracked me up that, did you guys notice the example in the article? Maybe say to your child, Henry, I see you're frustrated. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like the example kid in the article was Henry. And I was like, huh, interesting. That is my child who has this. <laughs> yeah. Still dealing with this issue. Um, yeah, I, I think that this had a lot of good points, though. Um, and I think that, that there are other ways to go about this. I think as you're, like, banging your head against the wall, like, what can I do to fix this? This is just some, like, other other things to try, which is always helpful. And I do think that the preventing rather than reacting if we can especially with him like somehow figure out like see it coming and then stop it before it gets there then obviously it's just a million times better the other thing I thought was interesting about this article was this particular parent said it only happens at home um and that's something that we experience he's much harder on me even than even than um Gregory um but I said something to to his preschool and they're like oh no he's perfect here I was like oh (laughs) interesting Well, that's good though. Um, It's good. I think, yeah. And I think to your point, Ingrid, I think some of this is just like, they have to work it out. They have to figure out how to handle themselves, you know? And I also feel like poor kid, like I'm stressed right now. Right. We've talked about this before. Like there's a lot going on right now. Like if you're going to have some meltdowns, like I I have some meltdowns and I'm an adult who semi understands COVID, you know? 
Um, but anyway. Well, I do need to let you guys know because I thought you would appreciate this. Um, she recommends two books at the end of this article, and mm. I Amazoned one of them, the No Drama Discipline book, because I was like, you know oh, what? Nice. Like, do I need to get like a, you know, I like to like read my parenting books. Mm-hmm. I was like, I feel like I need to get a better handle on this and I'm going to like read it and share it with the anchor mom. So yes, it's coming that. tomorrow. Great. It's coming tomorrow in okay, the mail. Good. good. Um, I'll probably like River will probably be 15 by the time I get through it. So this will be a moot point, <laughs> but maybe I can share it with my grandkids, you know, like it'll be, it'll be one of those things. So yeah. Oh my gosh, keep- you guys, I just got a text coming in from my husband that says, don't forget Lisa has a doctor's appointment tonight or today shots <laughs> did you you, guys, you remember my shot story from last yes time? yeah yes oh, did you tell gosh. him that there's um the potential for some severe weather here today and you will not i will be, be stuck at it? work you yeah. have to take Bummer. the kids you have to do it actually i made him take them for their flu shot who was he nervous i i did wow. not schedule i did not schedule it but i was at work at that time and i could not make it and it was bad I mean bad like my son started screaming and like kicking in the um the the like waiting room like before they even got into the yeah so are you gonna what are you gonna do are you gonna like take Lisa or are you gonna make John do it yeah well Lisa's really not the problem so I think it'll be okay Uh, it was really I forgot she's like the golden child well, right. she's just too little to have a well, long-term memory. So hold on. <laughs> if you like, um, if you decide that you can't make it to Liesl's shots, you can, just, you can lift these weights. You can't, you can't see it. You can't see it at home. Are those 15 pounders? Us. Those must uh, be mine. I think, I think they're 50s. Um, I'm, I'm Skyping at uh, Ingrid's uh, desk. Out. Ingrid is in the newsroom or in the uh, studio right now, and I'm Skyping. Uh, in in her uh, little office area, which, which has a closed door, as opposed to the newsroom, which is where my desk is, and she has like um, weights in here underneath. Yeah. Just how much? What are I, those? Um, Ingrid, ten pounders? What's going on? They're they're thirty uh, five pound weights. Oh, they're they're uh-huh. five. They, they look they're five. Okay. They're five. Okay. They're five. Five. And I'm actually like I'm, <laughs> I'm annoyed that I didn't do curls like the whole time we were this doing time. this podcast. Yeah. So you, hey, as a mother, you have to multitask. Okay. Oh, you do. Is that what it's you going do? On? Yeah, you okay. do. You do. Well, you never know when I, you need a dumbbell. I appreciate your hustle. <laughs> I appreciate your hustle, Ingrid. I used to have five pounders at work. I get it. It's, you gotta, you gotta get it in when you can. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Okay, guys. Well, thank you for listening to another. Um, oh wait, we win. have a win. Oh, what? Oh, we do. Win of the week. I forgot. I thought the weights were the win. Sorry. <laughs> The weights should be the win because I, I was supposed to have a win this week, and when I thought about it, oh, the first you thing don't I have a win was well, I do, but when I was thinking about it in, in advance, the first thing I thought was it's been a rough week for us. No one has COVID in my family. Is that mm-hmm. can that be That's a, a win? win? That's yeah. a win. <laughs> uh, no, but I do have a, 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 another win that I thought of. It has been a rough week, and I had a really rough day the other the other day is the morning and you know those days where like everybody cries very early on in the day there's like lots of emotion you're just like oh this is gonna be a day mm-hmm. um I realized though I hadn't eaten and it was like 11 and so I was like there's nothing in the house I need to go to the grocery I'm like oh I found an English muffin I'm like I'm gonna toast this English muffin put some peanut butter on it that's gonna be that's what I got it's easy and quick I'm late with work stuff blah 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 so I get it out. I take one bite. I'm like, oh, wow, this is really good. I just needed to eat, right? My day's bad. I just needed to eat. That was all I needed. 
the next thing that happened was somehow I dropped the English muffin upside down on my table thankfully it didn't fall on my work computer but it did fall of course peanut butter like all over the table right it just like smashed down it was not good and then here's the win here's the win yeah where's the win I looked down and realized there was a huge piece of spot of mold on the bottom of the English muffin that I hadn't realized (laughs) this is your win because listen guys if I hadn't dropped the English muffin I would have eaten mold like a lot of mold so thank goodness I this is a win I didn't eat mold this week Uh, and you would have you would have gotten sick you maybe had a tummy ache yes it would have been a whole thing happened but what did you like so wait what did you end up eating what did you end up eating after that nothing I just was like well then I just started crying I think and and just moved on with my life. But anyway, that was my win, that you never know when you spill something, what good could come of it, right? Like, wow. look at the silver lining here, folks. I like you that. Gotta, you gotta, you have to download this app. It's called Uber Eats. And yeah. they will actually, yeah, right? they will bring you food. They will bring you food. Yes. I'm, I'm, I might do it. I might cave and do it this week. Good. Um, anyway, hope okay. everyone has a wonderful week and hope we have a um, maybe a, a better win next week. Maybe you guys I hope can, so. can really bring out. No, I love that win. Better. That was it's, great. It's been it's been a struggle fest over in our house the past week, but <laughs> it's okay. Next week will be better. Uh, All right. Thanks all right. for listening, guys. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening.